So let's talk a little bit about trust. We all come from the same source. It's a foundational teaching, is that there's this mysterious source that this life appears from. And this floor appears from. And this light appears from. And this life, me, all appears. It all comes from the same source. We call it Buddha nature, or big mind, or God, or essential nature, or you know, the true essence of all things. So, from that vantage point, everything is part of that source. Everything. So, why not trust? If indeed our real essential nature comes from this great, magnificent, creative source, why not have trust? Now, what that means, part of what, one of the way, things that means is we become so tightly wound up in all of our beliefs about ourselves, about our life, about me. All of we become so tightly held. You know, oh, I, me, my, oh, I'm suffering, oh, I'm so difficult, oh, it's so hard, oh, 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 oh. And we stop really paying attention because somehow we don't have trust. And so our world becomes kind of small and narrow. And maybe somebody comes along occasionally and we kind of expand a little bit. But if we are the same source of all things, why not hold mind this vast space that includes all things? How do we hold the mind in that space? By awareness. Now, what I've often talked about, if you look at the act of seeing, you've got the eye, you've got the seeing itself, and you've got the object of seeing, and you can't find a place where one of them stops and the other one starts. That is, if you didn't have an eye, there, still, there would be no seeing, nor there would be an object. If you didn't have seeing, then you wouldn't have an eye or, or the object. They're all one intimate thing. We, and everything we're aware of, is one intimate thing. So we can look at this thing we think of as ourselves, which of course we can't say doesn't exist, and we can scan through the body thing, where's the thing, where's the thing that's me? Is the thing that's me in my finger? Is the thing that's me in my nose? And we find, and we scan through the body, there is no thing. There's no humunculus in there. There's no little robot in there, you know, shifting the controls around. We scan inside, and while we all have a complete full life, there is no thing that's running the show. We're not some lump that's inside. So, if everything we see, the act of seeing, and the seer, is not separate, and everything we feel, and the act of feeling, and the feeler is not separate. And everything we think, and the act of thinking, and the thinker is not separate. Why not hold the largest view possible? Why not hold a big awareness? Awareness aware of itself. 
often we just don't trust our real nature. We're so worried about the boxes, and we're so worried about our digestion, and we're so worried about all this other stuff that we scrunch our mind and our life up into this small little thing of worry, of distress, of weight. And we don't trust our own direct experience of the bright light that is us. So why not just hold your awareness? Why not let go of the self-centered view and hold this bigger self-view? I think uh, there's a, the guy from Wu, what's his name, Wu Wei Wu from uh, England in the, back in the 50s who said, part of your problem is 99% of your time you're thinking about yourself and there really isn't one. Holding the view in this way means simply reversing our center of gravity. Instead of our center of gravity as I am here looking out there, trying to figure out what's going on out there, our view is, I'm, I'm holding this whole thing. This is my awareness. And in that awareness is this little being running around doing its stuff. It's not about negating anything. So we hold the awareness. We can do it right now. Hold the awareness, very large. Why not? Why not hold the largest awareness? Now, there are different, so many different aspects of that little teaching that we could do. So, one of the aspects is the only time that we can hold that awareness is right now. We can't hold this awareness five minutes ago. We can't hold this awareness in the future. All we have is right now, right? So when everything is changing in that awareness, it's still changing in this awareness, which is right now. Things move through our awareness. Things move through us. Things move through us. We can hold this awareness. Why not? And then part of that holding that big awareness, is why not have the most inspiring state of mind we know? Why not hold the mind a possibility? Why not hold the biggest view of our life? There's no reason not to. It's just we have these habits, 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 habits that just shrink us down into some gnarly little thing. Now, in practice, there are different, of course, different aspects of practice. There's concentrations, learning how to be in the present moment to really see what is going on, because it takes a certain concentration to do that. There's seeing the, the impermanence of all things, the floating nature of all things. But eventually, we get back to it, we get to awareness. Why not hold the biggest, most aware state of mind? So then, we have a whole field of awareness whole field of awareness. Awareness, it's not as though I'm inside here, aware of out there. Awareness is aware of itself. Awareness is aware. Awareness is one thing. Awareness, in this way we're talking about right now, has no obstacle. There's no obstacle. You walk outside and you hold this big awareness, 
cars float through and sounds float through and dogs float through and boxes float through and, you know, everything floats through. It holds this big awareness. Awareness aware of itself. It's as though we take the figure and ground. You know, normally we are the center or central place. Normally we are the figure that's in the middle of the ground. And we reverse that process. And we hold this as the forefront. And in the background is all of this. In the background is the little Hogan life. In the foreground, case is the room and the lights and the browns and the people. Outside it's the trees and the sun and the houses and the cars. We reverse our normal habitual view. And you can do that easily. You just decide I'm going to reverse my view. I'm going to hold this. We often talk about enlightenment experiences, awakening, talk about things like no self, all sorts of all the Buddhist stuff that we talk about. But if you just hold your view in this way, trusting because you are the source, you are one with the source of all things, trusting, trusting things flow through. And the way it happens is you start holding a big view like this, and all your old junk starts coming up. Inevitable. It happens in spiritual practice. You, you stabilize the mind. You hold the mind large. All the old stuff comes up. And if we just let it flow through, without getting all excited about it, we just let it flow through, it disappears. We get into problem-solving mode. I'm going to fix it all. I'm going to, you know. Then we get, grapple with it. But Holding this view, stuff flows through. Problems flow through. Boxes flow through. People flow through. Challenges flow through. We just meet them. But we're not meeting them from the center of gravity of little me has got out there fighting the world. We're meeting it from this big, spacious mind. All of the great teachers that I know of were people of enormous capacity, enormous capacity to, to write or to do projects or to enroll people or to engage with people. And they do that because they're holding this big, spacious mind, which allows their particular gifts to come through, their particular offering to the universe. When we can hold our mind very large, then we begin to have a foundation of trust. Instead of a foundation of doubt, instead of a foundation of, am I going to succeed, am I going to fail? Instead of a foundation of what's happening to me and why is it all so miserable? We hold our awareness in this place, this big, lively place, with trust. Trusting that the universe that created me and all things didn't make a mistake all flowing through. It's a very different view. Very different view. So right here, right now, I encourage all of you to do just that. 
aware of the train. Not from in here I'm aware of the train, but the train. Awareness is right in that sound. We don't hear the train. I mean, if we look at it from this, there's a lot of ways of looking at this, of course, as you know. We don't actually hear the train right here. We hear the train out here in awareness. It's the experience of it. So hold your awareness out there really big. There are other views we can take that that's the one I'm advocating this evening. Because it is free. So all of you, as we finish this evening, short little talk, hold this big view. Nothing is obstructed. Nothing is obstructed. You hold this little view, everything is obstructed. So why not hold the biggest view possible? Partly it's choice, partly it's you know, experimenting to really learn what that is. Partly it's so simple and so obvious that we can't believe it sometimes. So simple and so obvious that our our fixed views, our habit patterns are so dense about it can't be that easy. I gotta solve these problems first. I really am an inadequate person. I really have got so much turmoil. I really gotta get this stuff going. It's not that hard. I've got some challenges sometimes. But we have to let go of our view, our fixed ideas, of our own inadequacy our own doggy dog mind state, and just to hold this large awareness. It is completely free. So my wish for all of you this evening is you take that kind of practice outside, and you meet the challenges of your life from this very big place, spacious. And of course, you know, you might get a touch of that, but then we have to really cultivate, we have to go to Sashen, we have to really, really cultivate so that becomes our, fine, our basis of awareness, our basis of our life. So, of course, everybody can do that. Everybody. Everybody. No exception.